You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. We're going to be talking a little bit today. Uh, everybody is familiar with the, the story of Joseph in the Bible in Genesis chapter 37. We're going to, I'm going to take a little bit uh, of Joseph's story, of Joseph's life, and put it in perspective and metaphorically in, into our relationship with God, the way, that, the way that we have a relationship with God today. So I want you to turn to your Bibles uh, in Genesis chapter 37. Did you bring your Bibles this morning to church? Three of you did. Did everybody else bring their Bible? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. I was preaching in Gainesville last week, and this guy interrupted my sermon to let me know that he was not texting, <laughs> that it was his Bible on his phone, because <laughs> I guess that maybe I was looking at him weird. I'm not sure, but anyway, as long as you have it. Genesis 37. It's in the G's. G-G-Genesis. <laughs> if you don't know where Genesis is, we, I'll help you. Genesis 37, ch- starting in uh, verse 1. We'll put it up here maybe. Yeah, 37. We're going to read through verse 11, and then we'll skip down to verse 18. The Bible says in Genesis 37:1, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being, a ser- being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad, wars, or the lad was the sons of Bil- Bilha, Bilha and with the sons of Zilphi, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And then he said unto them, Here, I pray you, listen to this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheave arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obstinate made obstinance to my sheep. And th- and his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream. Say another dream. <laughs> and he dreamed yet another dream. Not that he was hated already. He dreamed another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars uh, made obstinance to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream? What it, sorry, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him, to kill him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let let us slay him, and let us cast him into the pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what has become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Father, we glorify you today. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the power-packed presence of the Holy Ghost that's already been in this place. Father, I thank you, Lord, for wisdom and revelation to fall upon your people today, God, and let the preaching continue even after I've shut my mouth. God, I thank you, Lord, that the the preaching is going to continue in their hearts and in their minds, that when they go home, they're going to begin to think about the things that I'm saying right now, God, and that they're going to be able to apply it to to their lives. Father, I thank you, Lord, for ministry of the Holy Spirit being evident in this place today, comforting your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
So the Bible says, we just read uh, several pieces of, scri- of scripture, and it's very familiar, right? Everybody knows the story of Joseph. His brothers hated him. The Bible says in verse 3 that uh, uh, Joseph was loved more than uh, any, of, any of Israel's other sons. His daddy uh, took the time to make him a robe, one version calls it. Uh, the robe, an ornate robe, a coat of many colors, like Dolly Parton's song. I love me some Dolly Parton. Whoop, whoop. Right? His brothers hated him. They couldn't even speak a kind word to him. The King James Version says they couldn't even be peaceable. They couldn't even, they couldn't even fake it. They hated him that much. Right? Then, after Joseph already knew that he was hated, he had dreams. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know that, Jace, that uh, Joseph knew he was hated? I mean, it was probably pretty, um, pretty noticeable and obvious. But, but then he had dreams. Then he had some vision in his life. God began to show him what he had planned for him in the, in the future, in the distant future. And, and so Joseph's telling his brothers, my sheaves are going to stand up and then your sheaves are going to bow down. How would you feel if somebody came up and told you that? It's kind of, I mean, it's not really bragging, but Joseph knew he had an understanding that God was showing him where he was headed. Hi, Trina. I didn't see you come in. Charlie, I didn't see you. Awesome. So (laughs) Joseph was hated, but Joseph knew he was hated, but on the other hand, Joseph also knew that he was favored. You had to have known that. Whenever Joseph's daddy uh, came in and brought him the robe and the and and all these favors that he did for Joseph and 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 put favor on his life and and showed him did things for him that that, that he didn't do for his other brothers Joseph knew it he had to have known it we have got to come to a place where we don't apologize for our favor Joseph knew that he was favored, and not one time in the scriptures that we read or the scriptures that I read at home that I didn't read here did I find Joseph's apology. He didn't say, I know that I'm favored by my daddy, and I know that you're not, but I apologize for it. I'm sorry that it happened that way. No, he knew he had an understanding that he was a favored one. Whenever I was little, whenever I was growing up, I knew that I was my mama's favorite. My sisters can say that that's not true, but I knew that I was her favorite. Whenever I was little, even especially before my sisters came, whatever mama had, I had. I knew that I could walk up to her at four years old and say, mama, I had it down pat. I tell all of my children they're my favorite, and mom never told me specifically I was her only favorite. She always told all of us, but I knew that I was her favorite, and I never apologized for it. And I'm only saying that because my sisters are not here. So if they buy a copy of this CD or get a copy of this, edit that part out. But I knew that I was favored in life. I've, I've noticed a favor that, that, that I have in life, right? We have got to get to a place where we don't apologize for the favor that we're shown by God. There's nothing wrong with recognizing your favor. Joseph had to have known he was favored because of the things that, that Jacob, his daddy, or Israel, which his name was changed to later, uh, showed him. He knew that he was favored of his daddy, there's nothing wrong with knowing and recognizing how much favor God shows you. Come on, how much God loves you, how much God blesses you, how much favor you get, how prosperous your life is. Recognizing the junk and the hell that he brought you out of to bring you to where you are today, the favor that God is showing you. Am I talking to anybody here today? The favor of God follows us. In the same aspect that Joseph was his daddy's favorite, you are God's favorite today. Come on, tell yourself. Say, I'm God's favorite. Tell your neighbor, I'm God's favorite. John, listen to this. This is, this is amazing. John the disciple made a point to call himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Not once, not twice, not three times, but we found four passages of Scripture. I found four times where John, where John makes a reference of being the disciple that Jesus loved about himself. 
basically saying, I'm God's favorite. I'm favorite of the Lord. I am God's favorite. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, if nobody else is going to say it about you, you might as well say it about your own self. John had a revelation of that. We've got to get that in our spirit today. Nobody else is going to walk up to you and say you're God's favorite. You've got, you got to encourage your own self. I'm God's favorite today. Right now, I'm God's favorite. In John chapter 13 and John chapter 19 and twice in John chapter 21, John says, I'm God's favorite. Four times. There are those around you that are much like Joseph's brothers who will see your favor and hate it out of jealousy. Have you ever had anyone around you that you recognized was jealous of your favor? That didn't really understand it? That just wanted you gone just because, because? Because they recognize and see the favor that God has bestowed in your life. Just as Joseph's brothers saw his favor and hated him for it you will be hated by those around you in some in some instances matthew 10 22 jesus even tells his disciples you'll be hated because of me when he's given them instruction on sending them out he he, he forewarns them it's it is what it is you're going to be hated because of me some people will rise up against you just because of me just because of me. It has nothing to do with you. Remind yourself today, it has nothing to do with you. It's only about what the favor that follows you. It's not you they hate. It's the favor that they don't understand. Now, to me, Joseph's daddy was not just a measly little guy. I mean, his in, in uh, 28, I think, or, or 38... Uh, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel because he had wrestled with God and man and had overcome. He wasn't just a, a measly little guy. He was a patriarch in his own right, the Bible calls him. So he was a man of God, a ruler, a chief. And so in my opinion, whenever I read the scripture, it seems out of character for a man of that stature to take the time out to make his child a robe. I wouldn't see someone that the Bible describes as Jacob, Israel, to get out a needle and thread and take a minute, take time out of his schedule to sew a coat of many colors to take pieces that were important to him and put them into a garment for his child, his son to wear, his favored son to wear. In the same aspect, from the outside looking in, not knowing what I know now, God, God's character in the ruler of the universe, the creator of all things, the good, the, the big caller of the shots, if you will, I would not see him taking time to show us favor. To me, again, not, not, that's not the way that it is. I mean, we're not low on the totem pole in his eyes, but from the outside looking in, you would assume that it would seemingly be out of his character. But that's how important we are to God. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he favors us because he shows favor in our life constantly. Are you hearing me today? The creator of the universe, the chief, shows favor to you because he loves you that much. We have favor with God Almighty. It's not, it's not the way that I'm, that I'm thinking from the outside looking in. He loves us. He cares for us. He has us seated with Christ in heavenly places. Somehow, the creator of the universe has credited us with the same things that Christ is credited for. The things that Jesus did has been credited to us. How amazing is that? I'm just seeing you look at me, and I'm hoping it because, because you're just amazed at this because I need somebody to shout amen or something. Let me know you're there. God is a good God and he does good all the time. We have favor with God Almighty. Psalm, uh, Psalm 5 and 12 says that the Lord blesses the righteous. Say that's me. Yes. 
and his favor surrounds us as a shield. Come on, not just the front, not just the sides, the back, the front, the sides surrounds us. His favor surrounds us as a shield. When we've got somebody trying to backbite us, favor's there. When somebody's trying to come in from the side, whoop, favor's there. Somebody's coming front ways at you, favor's there. You're shielded by the favor of God today. Tell somebody, God's got your back. Listen to this. I found this. It says, it's in Psalms 112, verses 6 through 10. I'll just read it. You don't have to turn there. It says, for the righteous, say, that's me will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of any bad news. His heart is firm. He trusts in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks triumph at his adversaries. That's a promise that you will triumph. Because it wouldn't have said it like that. Listen to the way that it says it. I love this. He will not be afraid until he looks triumph at his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever, and his horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man shall see it and is angry. People hate your favor. It didn't say that he saw him and was angry. The wicked see it. What? The favor, the, the honor that's lifted up against you. People don't see you and to be angry. They see, uh, they see that you trust in the Lord. They see that your heart is firm. They see that you're going to be remembered forever. They see that God has called you righteous. The favor that follows you is what makes people angry. This is my favorite part, I think, of this verse. It says, the wicked man sees it and is angry. Not you, sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. You win. Favor causes you to win. God has called you righteous and has bestowed favor upon your life, and you win. The people that come against you, you win. You will triumph over your adversaries, the people in wicked places that, that come against you. Do not be persuaded from your destiny of your dreams because of your haters. Because the haters going to hate, 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 hate. And the shake is going to fake, 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 fake. Come on, you know Taylor Swift. Don't look so holy in God's house. I have a teenage daughter. I know these things. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Get that song, even if it's just that little chorus. I don't know what the rest of it says, but I know that one, because the hate is going to hate, hate, hate. Walk out your destiny singing, the hate is going to hate, 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 hate. And then add to the end, but I'm going to win, 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 win. You win in every situation. They perish in the end. <laughs> You might say, but Casey, I can't shake it off because you don't know what, what they've called me or you don't know what they said about me or said about my mama. The book of John chapter 14 and verse 26 says that the Holy Ghost will remind you all the things God has said about you or what God has said about you or to you or for you or over you. He's going to bring back that remembrance to you. You can get your mind back today. I, I hear people saying, I, oh, you're going to make me lose my mind. I got an email the other day because I'd made a mistake at work. And, the, and my email, the, uh, the lady that was sending me the email said, you're going to make me lose my mind. And I was like, no, I'm not. It wasn't that big of a mistake, but anyway. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance, the Bible says, you can't listen to the opinion of man, but only remember what the Holy Ghost tells you that God has called into your life. I've said this once, but I'm going to say it again. God has had a plan for your life way before other people's had an opinion about you. God had a plan before other people's opinion. Walk out your destiny in the favor that God has put upon you and remember that you win all the time. Joseph had dreams given to him by God, showing him his destiny, showing him where he was headed. And had he listened or been persuaded by his brethren, 
the people that were close to him, the people that he probably loved at one point, the people that whenever he was a baby growing up, they might have helped him walk a little bit, the people that whenever he was uh, little before they hated him because of his favor, whenever he was little, maybe that they had, they had said, you know, come on, Joseph, sit on, sit on Bubba's lap, you know, sit on Bubba's knee. The people that were closest to him at one time probably hated him. Had he listened to them or been persuaded or been affected by their words or their unpeaceably actions, the Bible says that they weren't even able to be peaceful, couldn't even fake it. They hated him. Had he been persuaded, it would have drastically changed the outcome of his life. The Bible would have been written a little bit differently. It would have changed drastically one of my favorite things that we read earlier today is that um, the Bible says that when his brother saw him coming from afar off because Jason uh, Jason <laughs> Joseph Joseph had to go find him they weren't even where they where where he thought that they were right so it, it almost makes you wonder if he knew that their father was going to send him looking. I mean, he, they're like, let's just ditch him and go somewhere else. Let's, let's, you know, let's go over here instead of where we were supposed to be. Cause I don't, I mean, I have an inkling that Joseph is coming. So, but Joseph had to go find them. And, and whenever the Bible says that whenever his brothers saw him come in, that, that they said, Oh, here comes the dreamer mocking him. Oh, here comes the dreamer. I don't know about you, but that would get me excited if somebody saw me coming and said, oh, here comes the dreamer. <laughs> here comes the dreamer. You have dreams in your life. You have visions that God has given you. You have things that you know that you're supposed to walk out, but you, don't, you, you cannot listen and be persuaded by the people around you. Here comes the dreamer. Somebody said that to me, I'd say, look out, you better be scared now because right now it's just a dream. Wait till it turns into vision. And then wait till I walk it out. Watch out, world, watch out, devil. Here I come with a dream and a vision that I'm walking out. I'm not going to be persuaded by the nonsense. Haters going to hate. Joseph went through a mountain of stuff. We think, we think that we go through things or we think that, that the situations that we face, whether it's at our job or at our work or with our children or with our, our neighbor that won't mow his grass or with the, you know, the, 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 thing, the little petty things, we think that we're going through some stuff. Take a look at Joseph's life. Take a look at the things that he walked through to get to where he was headed all holding on to the dream. Not only was he hated by his brothers, they mocked him when he had his dreams. They, uh, they had plans of murder against him. Their own brother, they had plans of murder against him. They threw him in a pit because they, uh, one of the other ones said, well, let, let's not kill him. Let's just, you know, get rid of him. We don't have to kill him. We don't have to take his life. Let's not hurt him. Let's just, you know, hurt his feelings. So they put him in a pit uh, a cistern that didn't have any water in it. Then he was sold to the Ishmaelites who sold him to Potiphar. He had a, he had a hard journey. He had a journey that he went through. But I, wanna, I want you to look at something with me. Tell somebody, favor follows me. Let's look at Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. Favor followed Joseph even in the turmoil in the crazy town. Genesis 39, 2 says, and the Lord was with Joseph. This is while he's going through all this hell on earth. This is while he's going through the, the, the seemingly tribulation. This is while he's going through all the things that he, that he can't seem to uh, uh, stop from happening to him. This is while he's going through all the things that the world is attacking him with. This is while he's going through all the things that his own family member is bringing against him, right? This is in the midst of all that. The Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And when he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Other people are going to see 
that favor that's on your life. And you have the people that are going to hate it, but you're going to have the people that promote you for it and honor it. Listen to this. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made him all that he did to prosper in his land, in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. Grace, favor. Joseph found favor or grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had put his hand into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him an overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord had blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Not for the Egyptian's sake, not for his master's sake, the Bible doesn't say. It says for Joseph's sake. For Joseph's sake, the Egyptian's house was blessed, and the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in the field. His crops, his prosperity, everything that he had was favored, not because of anything that he did, but because of Joseph. Because Joseph just happened to be there. Talk about being at the right place at the right time. I think that some people need to give us a check just for being around us. (laughs) you didn't get that promotion because of anything you did so and so you did it because you're my friend my favor just rubbed off on you (laughs) I want to be like Joseph I want people around me to prosper just because I'm in the midst not because of anything that they necessarily did or said or, or, or acted out just because I'm there just because I walk into a room I want it to be blessed just because I'm there. Pastor John texted me, sent me a, actually he didn't text me, he, he left me a voicemail. And he said, he'll do that from time to time, just leave me a random voicemail. And he said, he said, Casey, I just want, I just want to share this. I pulled into the parking lot at Lowe's and there was not one car in the parking lot. He said, I was in there for about 10 minutes and I walked out full packed full he said the parking lot was packed full and he was just reminding me that that kind of favor followed me too and I'm thankful for that but I want to just remind you as my pastor reminded me that favor follows you like that too when you walk into a place blessing shows up just because you're there tell somebody just because I'm there You're helping me preach today. So not only did the favor that was on Joseph fall on Joseph, but it fell on Potiphar in his house and in his field. That's kind of blessing by association. Guilty by association can take a back seat. I'd rather be blessed by association. Amen. Thank you, Kenny. Then the Bible says that Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce Joseph. And when that didn't work, she lied about it and said he did it anyway. In the midst of favor, Joseph was going through all of this crazy town. To top it all off, after he had already received favor, another amount of favor, his Potiphar's wife comes in, tries to seduce him a few times. It didn't work. So she grabbed his coat and then told her husband that he had tried to lay with her and tried to do all these things. Have you ever been lied about? Have you ever been said that you did something that you didn't do? That was just confusing and out of your character. That wasn't in Joseph's character. He even tried to talk her out of it. He didn't even say sin against Potiphar he didn't even say I don't want to do that to him he said I don't want to do that to my God I don't want to sin against God Joseph said it it has nothing to do with you or how good you look or how favored I am with your husband I don't want to sin I don't want to displease God when Malachi was little he used to I, I could spank him I could put him in timeout. I could do all those things and it never really worked but if I said don't disappoint me he would burst into tears. 
and changed just like that. He didn't want to disappoint his daddy. Joseph knew where his uh, bread was buttered. He didn't want to disappoint his God. He knew where the favor was from. He recognized the favor and knew where it was from and said, I don't want to sleep with you, not because you're ugly, not because you look good, not because your husband's my boss, but I don't want to sleep with you because I don't want to make God upset with me. I don't want to sin against God. So Potiphar believed it, obviously. He believed it. Because the Bible says that, that Joseph was an attractive man, that he was well, he, pro, he was probably looked like me. He was an attractive man, the Bible says. And my wife shouted, amen. No, he was an attractive male, the Bible calls him. Took time to specifically point that out. I think that's pretty pretty interesting in, in my in my mind. The Bible calls him a very attractive, well-built man. And so, so, and obviously Potiphar's wife noticed that. So anyway, so Potiphar got upset with him, uh, threw him into prison. He was lied about. He, he was sitting in a prison cell and just Joseph he was falsely accused, but Potiphar believed it. He was thrown into prison. Tell somebody, God's got your back. Look at Genesis 39, 21. It says, while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was there with him. That's, that's familiar because we just read that a few verses up. When he was sold into slavery and whenever he was thrown in the pit and whenever his brothers tried to plot against him and when, when all this uh, junk was crazy town going on in his life, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. Right? So here we see it again in Genesis 39 uh, uh, and, and um, wherever, we, wherever we just were, 39 and 21. When Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the sight of the prison warden. And the warden put him in charge. Reading on in that, not only did the warden put him in charge, but the warden, I mean, the Bible says that the warden didn't even concern himself with what Joseph was overseeing. Again, just like Potiphar recognized, started putting Joseph over everything. Look, you prosper that. Let me see what you do with this. Take the reins on this one, if you will. The warden didn't even concern himself. Ah, Joseph's got this. I recognize the favor in him. I see the potential in him. People that you surround yourself should see potential in you, should see the favor, should recognize the favor not only in themselves but in you. Still call themselves God's favorite, but recognize the favor that's in you too. The warden recognized it and put him over everything. And because Joseph succeeded in everything that he did, the Bible says. Tell somebody that you haven't told yet, favor follows me. He's a good God, and he does good all the time. We ought to wake up every morning, and I, and I, and I hear it as a cliche, but I, I, I mean wake up every morning and really, really declare with your own mouth, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't think about your situation whenever you're, whenever you're saying it because that, that, that limits it, right? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will, I choose to, no matter what situation I'm facing, no matter what the, Lord, what the world looks like around me, no matter what my mother just told me, no matter what my, my wife just did to me, no matter how much my kids are fighting, I will choose to rejoice this day. And if you say it every day, You'll be talking about that day. <laughs> this day I will choose to rejoice. No matter what's going on around you, choose to rejoice. What he does do, he does not cause all the negative things. Let me, let, me, let me say that. I'm sure that you know it, but I'm reminding you so that you can tell other people who are misled. God does not cause negativity in your life. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all. Doing good and healing all. He, God sent Jesus of Nazareth, the Bible says, to, to do good, right? So he is not a bipolar God that is going to put you in hell in a situation and then give you a way out. 
Are you hearing me? He's not going to say, let me strike you with this, and then I'm going to give you a way out. I changed my mind. You've been there a couple of days. Eh, you've learned your lesson. When people face a sickness, and then I've heard people say, now listen, I've heard people say this that I looked up to growing up, that, that ministered to me whenever I was in, in church, whenever I was little and in, in, in children's church and in youth, that God put sickness on you to teach you a lesson. Or God, God puts situations in your life to teach you a lesson. God does not put them there, but he uses them for your good. He turns it around because he's that good. He does make it work for your good. He does not cause it in your life. Romans 8.28 says that we know in all these things work out for our good. I mean, work out for the good of those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. All things work out for your good. All things. Even the good works out for your good. It didn't leave that out. The good can get better. All things work out for your good. The good, the bad, everything works out for your good. <laughs> the false accusations work out for your good. The hatred and jealousy of others work out for your good. The coworker that's lying about you works out for your good. You're going to be favored. The lady that cut you off on 75 will work out for your good in some way because the Bible says it. Everything that you find yourself in works out for your good. I love that. The good can get even better because it says all things. Good is included in that. All things work it out. Embrace God's favor and watch it, uh, watch it turn all everything out, turn it around for your good. We're familiar with the great exchanges uh, that the Bible teaches. And, uh, you know, like you, you always hear the, the same few, which is great. I have a few sayings and a few verses that are my go-to because they've meant so much to me in my life. And I always want to uh, speak them out every time I get an opportunity. But the the some of the few things that that we that we are always taught and always reminded of are a few of the exchanges uh he became wounded so that we could become healed he became poor so that we might become rich he became sin so that we could call the righteousness of god in christ jesus he died so we could live weeping endures for the night but your joy is just around the river bend anger is for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime we hear all those things right I want to introduce you to one more that I, that I, honestly, that I've known but never really heard anybody say or, or heard anybody point out. It says in Psalms 68 and 19, how many of you know that we're not meant to bear our burdens? The, the stuff that's against us in life, like I said earlier, isn't really even about you. It affects you because you let it. But it really has a lot larger picture. It's about stopping you or preventing you from your purpose. It's about the favor that's on your life. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. Be encouraged in that a little bit if you can. Keep that in mind. It's nothing to do with your physical body, with you. It's about spiritual warfare. Psalm 69 and uh, Psalm 68 and 19 says, Praise be to the Lord, to our God and Savior, who daily bears our burdens. And 1 Peter says, Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Now listen to this. If daily God bears our burdens, if we, if we say to him at night, God, your word says that you bear our burdens. I'm giving it to you right now. Parrish and I have been praying that at night together uh, recently. We always pray together, but we've been adding that in there. We lift up our burdens to you, God, because in the same, in the same realm, in, the, in, in, um, in Lamentations 3, it says that God's mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
So that's another great exchange that excites me because not only are we giving our burdens to him, but he's bestowing mercies. We're, we're exchanging burdens for mercies daily because every day God bears our burdens, the Bible says in Psalms, and every morning, every day, new mercies arrive. It's another great exchange. Embrace that in your life. I, I, I dare you to start declaring that over your life. God, I'm giving you my burdens and receiving your mercies. See how much stress that relieves off of you. You know, it's, it's a proven fact that stress and worry causes not only your mind to be stressed out and to, and to be sick, but your physical body. Your physical body can be subject to, to sickness because of worry and stress and burdens. Don't you think God knew that? He knows that. He's God. <laughs> so he made a way out for you. His will is always to be on your side. So he says, hey, listen, I'm going to bear your burdens daily, and I'm going to pour out mercies. You give me the burdens, and I'll give you the mercies. I'll give you the favor. I'll give you the grace. I'll give you the things that you need in your life. You just give me the burdens, and I'll give you the mercies. It's like one of those pulley rope systems. I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling up the, the burdens, God, in the little bucket, and then I'm on the other side. Here comes down my mercies. Daily bears. And the word of God worked for Joseph and all the craziness that he was facing worked out for his good because his dreams were fulfilled. The things that God has given, had given him wasn't just in vain. The things that God had given him was a uh, preview of the things to come. He knew that he would be in a place of authority, and he got there, ruler over Egypt, second in command. His dreams and his plans were fulfilled when he became that, just as God showed him. You may be holding on to something today that you know that you're supposed to be doing or a place that you know you're supposed to be. Hang on to it. Don't be persuaded by others. Don't let the negativity uh, and hatred come against you. Don't lose heart. Do not be weary in well-doing, the Bible says. For in due season, due season, in the, in the season that's right. I preached one time in, uh, about God's timing is not always yours, but it's always on time. That's the same thing could, could go with this too. You have a specific time frame in your mind that you're trying to rationalize, but we forget that we're not God. We forget that God has it planned out and worked out for the, to benefit the kingdom. So hang on to it. Let's read in Genesis uh, 45, starting in verse 1. What's remarkable to me uh, in this is that when his brothers bowed down, we're about to read what happened after, when his brothers bowed down, he, the Bible says that he wept uncontrollably. And, I, and I, I've read that before, and I used to think that it was because, um, you know, that he maybe felt ashamed or felt like he was, um, maybe, maybe he was at a place that his brothers weren't yet, and he felt sad for him. But then I remembered, no. Why would he do that? If I went back on my life and, 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 and saw all the people that were upset with me, I wouldn't necessarily feel ashamed if they weren't where I was at. I would feel bad, but I wouldn't weep uncontrollably. He was weeping uncontrollably because it was a revelation that instantly hit him that his dreams had been fulfilled, that the things that God had shown him when he was 17 years old, and then he went through all the drama and all the junk and I almost said crap but I just said it dang it all the junk in his life all the things that were that were pressed and stacked against him he went through it but in the end he is victorious he realized and had an instant connection that God your word is true 
You gave me the dreams and now I'm seeing them fulfilled. I'm in the moment where now it's happening. Let's look at, at Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him and he cried. One version says wept uncontrollably and he cried because every man caused every man to go out from me and there stood up no man. There stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the, and the house of the Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? Is my father alive? Right? He says, he says oh, it's me, Joseph. And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near me, come in close, and I'll punch you in the face. No, <laughs> that's Casey's version. Let's, let's get back to the King James. Come near me. Come in close, another version says. Come in, come in closer to me. I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold in Egypt. Read on. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye may that ye sold me hither, but God did send me before you to preserve life. For those two years hath, for these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there were five, there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. There was a, a bad time that was going on at that time uh, in, in Egypt, but in Joseph's position, he had a way to help them. He sent for his father, right? He said, tell dad to come here. He didn't know anything about it, but even though you've done all this to me, again, favor was upon them just for being there at the right time. When we receive favor, we need to use it to help other people. Even those that came against us when it didn't seem at that moment that favor was there. It, it, it always is, but we're blindsided by the tribulations and the trials and the, and the stuff of this world and the false accusations and the things that come against you. We're blindsided by it so that it blocks our vision. The Bible says that you have the mind of Christ, and I'll say it again, John chapter 14, write that down, John 14, 26. If you're taking notes, write it down so that you can go back and read it. I'm paraphrasing, but it says the Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance what God has said. When you find yourself in a situation where you don't really remember or you're, you're down in the dumps and you say, this is all foreign to me. I don't know what the heck is going on, but I know that this isn't where I used to be and I know that it's not where I need to be. Get in the word. The Holy Ghost will remind you. Romans 15 and 4 says that everything that we learn from the endurance uh, taught in Scripture, everything that's written is to encourage us that, that we might have hope. Everything previous, everything that's written in Scripture, the stories that we read about when we're a little kid and the, and the, and the, and the sermons that we hear from people as we're sitting in a congregation, all the things that we're hearing is, is meant for encouragement by the Holy Ghost. All Scripture is... is uh, by the Holy Ghost, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He reminds you and then he encourages you, the Bible says right here, that all that is to bring to your remembrance, to encourage you that you have a hope, that you have hope. Don't give up just yet. Don't bury your present just yet. God's got favor for you. God's got favor for you. Favor follows you, and it's always good. It's always God's will to do good. Now, if, if you're here today, I want to take just a minute and talk to you personally. This is a lot of information, a lot of different things that are coming together, and I hope that I brought it together okay for you, but I want you to understand that favor is for you. I think it was Israel that said earlier, maybe maybe it was somebody else. No, it was Everett, sorry. Pastor Everett said 
had mentioned that uh, if God be for you, who can be against you? The things that the things that we face, the think the situations that are in our life, is everything but God. There's God, and then there's everything else. If God be for you, none of this can be against you. If God is for you, everything else cannot be against you. If if it's if you break it up like that, if you break it up into two things, God and then everything else. If God is for you, he's bigger than all of this. They, they, they can't even be against you, let alone come at you. They don't have a reason to be against you. I want to take just a second and just ask you a question with every head bowed today, and I'm the only one looking, and I promise I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you're here today and you say, Casey, I'm listening to what you're saying, but I don't experience that in my life because maybe I haven't had a relationship with Jesus. I've never said, I've never made him the Lord of my life. I've never, I've never uh, prayed that prayer to say, uh, God, I'm, I'm turning everything around and I'm, and I'm living only for you. God, I've, I've, never, I, I've, I'm, I've never put everything else aside and focused only on you. If that's you today and you, and you say, I've never gotten saved, but today is my day, which I believe it is. Today, now is the time for salvation. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands. Thank you. I want you to to just think about it. Give yourself just another minute. If you're saying, I want Jesus, but I don't really know how to do it. Again, I'm not going to call you up here. I'm going to talk to you from here. Lift your hands for me. I don't know how to do it. It's not something that I've ever realized until now that I, I, that I want to do. We're going to pray a prayer corporately together. And I want you to use your own mouth, use your own faith, use your own words as I'm giving them to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross, to be buried, and to raise again just for me. I confess you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. And I declare over myself that my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're here today and you say, you were talking to me this morning. I am facing all of this stuff, but I recognize the favor. But even though I recognize the favor that's in my life, I, I struggle because of all the negativity around me. I want you to just raise your hands. I'm going to be praying for you this week. You're not alone. Hands are all up all over this place. I thank you, Father God, for peace that passes all understanding upon your people. I thank you, Father, that what the enemy meant for evil, God, you're turning around for their good. I thank you, Father God, that though... uh, Though their enemies come at them in one direction, God, they'll have to flee in seven when they get to them just because of the grace and favor that radiates off of their life. I thank you, Father God, that they're shielded. God, that they're shielded with grace and favor, that they're shielded with health in their bodies, that they're shielded with favor in their jobs, that they're shielded with restored relationships. God, that they're shielded with good things, that they're shielded with with, uh, positivity in their life. God, that they're shielded and that no evil befalls them and no plague comes near their dwelling. God, I thank you for your promises to your children, God, and we just declare them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness in our lives, God, and all the goodness that's coming that we haven't even seen yet. Father, and I thank you, Lord, for the uh, situations that you've shielded us from that we didn't even know was coming. Thank you, Father God, for keeping us, for protecting us, God. Favor, protection, and wisdom following us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name.